Well, hello, my friends. The grace and peace of our Lord and Savior be with you. I want to welcome you to the Sermons from the Cornfield podcast, a weekly podcast where the sermons that I preach each and every Sunday are uploaded for you to listen to and review. My name is Pastor Mark O'Neill, and I hope you enjoy this week's podcast. God bless. has something to do with water. We're going to be in the Gospel of Mark, chapter 4, verses 35 through 41. Again, this is the Gospel of Mark, chapter 4, verses 35 through 41. It says this, bless you. On that day when evening had come, he said to them, and again, who is he nine times out of ten in the New Testament? Jesus. Jesus. Jesus said to them, let us go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd behind, bless you, they took him with them in the boat, just as he was. Other boats were with him. A great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat, so that the boat was already being swamped. But he was in the stern, asleep on the cushion. And they woke him up and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? He woke up and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. Then the wind ceased, and there was a dead calm. He said to them, Why are you afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great awe and said to one another, Who then is this, that even the wind and the sea obey him? My friends, this is the word of God for you and I, the children of God. Friends, I want to start out this morning with a pop quiz for you. It's one question, multiple choice, closed book. Now, I do realize that it's summer and school's out. Some of us have been out of school a little bit longer than others. Yeah. We tried to ask Gregus the other day about a Spanish word for a particular day of the week. He took Spanish all last year. He said he didn't have to think because it's summertime. <laughs> Let me ask you this. In Mark's report of Jesus calming the Sea of Galilee that we just read, when were the disciples most afraid? Answer A is as the storm raged and hurricane force winds filled their boat with water. That's answer A. Answer B is when Jesus calmed the storm and set everything at peace. Think about your answer. Don't say it out loud. Today or B? Well, as you can imagine, the answer is counterintuitive because, yes, the answer is B. The disciples were most afraid after Jesus had calmed everything. Like a kindergarten teacher who has to clap her hands twice to silence a noisy classroom, Jesus spoke two words and the storm obeyed. The wind and rain ceased and the waves became calm. I can't imagine Jesus had to raise his voice. He just said it and it was done. And that's when things got really scary for the disciples. Upon seeing Jesus' absolute control over creation, immediate peace right after nautical chaos, Mark tells us the disciples were filled with great awe. Other translations say they were filled with great fear. Why? Because they realized that they were face to face with God. I think our story this morning invites us to think about those things which cause us to be afraid. I mean, you got the regulars like fear of heights, fear of flying, fear of spiders, fear of snakes, 
We also have our public fears, or fears of failure rather, whether they be fear of public speaking, fear of not getting into a particular school, fear of underperforming at work. Despite our collective wealth as a nation, we sometimes may suffer from financial fears, fears we won't have enough to retire, fears our medical bills will bury us, fear of taking on more debt. Other fears are social, fears of being alone, fears of losing faith, face, fears of feeling embarrassed, fear of missing out. And then there are those fears we have for others, fears that our children won't turn out the way we want them to, fears for our parents as we see their health failing, fears for our spouses. What scares you the most? As you sit in this sanctuary this morning, what scares you the most? Is it from that list that I just read? Is it something maybe that I didn't? Now, I don't want you to feel any kind of shame because all of us fear something. We all have fears. But I want to ask you this this morning. Is, is it possible that maybe we're afraid of the wrong things? Now, the disciples' fear on the lake that night was entirely legitimate. Have any of you ever been out on a lake at night? Some of you probably have. Have you ever been on a lake at night in a boat with no power? No boat, no motor, no lights, or no radio? Have you ever been out on a lake at night with no motor, no lights, no radio, and no moon or stars? And hurricane-strength winds crashing waves into your boat and filling it with water. Anybody in here ever experienced that? Not many of them. But if there was ever a time for fear, that would be it, wouldn't it? <clears throat> And yet Jesus rebukes them after the storm has been calm. Why are you afraid, he asked. He didn't ask them immediately when they woke him up from his nap. He asked them after he gets up, after he maybe stretches a little bit, maybe scratches his beard for a moment, then he calls the seas. Then when everything is peaceful, then he asked them, why are you afraid? Then he asked that stinging personal question, have you still no faith? Now Jesus doesn't say it here in the Gospel of Mark, but in the Gospel of Matthew, he says something I think is appropriate here. In chapter 10, he asked the disciples, do you fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul? Rather, fear him who can destroy both body and soul in hell. Fear him who can destroy both body and soul in hell. Yes, the storm was scary, but the worst that storm could do would be to end their lives. Similarly for us, financial trouble, yes, is scary. Family problems, yes, are scary. Heights and snakes and chemo and legal troubles and addictions and loneliness, all of these are legitimately scary. But Jesus asks us those same questions. Why are you afraid? Have you still no faith? I think the point I'm trying to make is this. Yes, fear is legitimate. But there is something far more worthy of fear than any of the things we have named so far in this message. And it's this. Standing face to face with the God who made the universe. Standing face to face to the God who knows all things, has power over all things, who rebukes hurricanes like kindergartners. Yes, friends, he is ultimately the only reason 
the true reason for being afraid. Encounters with God in scriptures rightly terrified Moses and David and Isaiah and Peter and Paul. And that's where our fear should reside. Standing face to face with God. Now for those of you who know anything about the history of our denomination, know about John Wesley's wildly unsuccessful trip to the United States. The bishop mentioned this at the ordination service on Friday. He and some others came over in 1736. They landed in Savannah and they made their way up to Charleston because he wanted to convert the savages, the Native American population, and attempt to spread his brand of reformed Anglicanism amongst the colonies. But he failed. On his way back to England, his ship was in a storm, very much like the one we just read about in the Gospel of Mark. And we are told that he was terrified. And yet at the same time was taken aback by the behavior of some German Moravians that were on the boat with him. They showed no signs of fear or anxiety or dread or worry. Instead, they were praying together and singing hymns together and were at relative peace with one another. And John Wesley was impressed by, maybe even a little jealous of, their inner strength, their inner peace, their assurance of their salvation. And I thought about that story as it relates to our scripture lesson this morning over the course of this week. And here's what I think. I don't think John Wesley was fearful of the wind. He wasn't afraid of the waves, the rain, the darkness, or the storm. He wasn't afraid of any of that. He was afraid of meeting God. Because he wasn't assured of his own salvation. He didn't believe that he was truly saved. And as such, he was afraid to stand face to face. With the Creator. Which leads to a very important question for all of us this morning. Are you sure that you're saved? Now he survived the trip, obviously. And a few weeks later, with these events still fresh on his mind, he, in a period, a state of depression, colleagues of his asked him to go to a midweek service at a house on Aldersgate Lane in London. The person leading that worship service was reading aloud Martin Luther's preface to Paul's letter to the church in Rome. And John Wesley writes in one of his journals that about a quarter before nine, while he was describing the change which God works in the heart through faith in Christ, I felt my heart strangely warmed. I felt I did trust in Christ, Christ alone for my salvation, and an assurance was given me that he had taken away my sins, even mine, and saved me. From the law of sin and death. He was assured of his own salvation. Now the disciples ask an important question in verse 38 we read a little while ago. Do you not care that we are per perishing? They asked Jesus. Legitimate question I think. Jesus are you really taking a nap in the middle of this storm? Do you not care about us? Jesus' answer through rebuking the storm, I think, is crystal clear. Yes, he cared. The only one who is truly worthy of fear shows that he cares for his disciples and desires to save them. Not only the ones in that boat, but all of his disciples who are perishing. And that includes you and me. The question is, do you believe it? That in the midst of whatever storm you may be currently in, 
When it feels like Jesus is just off napping somewhere and he doesn't care. Do you believe that he does care for you? Have you had an altar's gate experience? A moment where you felt that you did in fact trust in Christ? Christ alone for your own salvation? And assurance given to you that he had taken away all of your sins. All of your sins. And saved you from the law of sin and death. Today, of course, is Father's Day. And I'm certain there are dads in this congregation and dads watching us on Facebook who suffer fears. I know I do. Afraid they're failing. Afraid of being unable to provide enough. Afraid they have neglected their children one too many times. Afraid they will look back on life and be overcome by regret. Some of those fears are legitimate. But friend, if that is the way you're feeling, my message to you and to myself and to all of us, all of you who fear things in this life, my message is simple. Don't fear the wrong things. Don't fear the wrong thing. Because yes, there is plenty in this world that can and will hurt us and such things legitimately cause concern and spur us to seek help. But when compared to the one who reigns over all creation... They are all entirely unworthy of fear. The only one truly worth fear has shown he is willing and able to save us from perishing. He showed it to the disciples in this text. And he showed it to all of us in his resurrection from the dead. His reign is absolute. And he cares for us and will save us if and only if we let him. So let me ask you, do you fear the Lord? Because each one of us should answer yes. Because that word, fear in Scripture, doesn't just mean to be afraid. It also means to appreciate His character. It means to be in reverent awe of His holiness. It means to be moved to belief and trust. In that respect, friends, all of us should fear the Lord. But yes, it does also mean to be afraid. Particularly if you're on the wrong side of sin and God's justice. Are you afraid to stand face to face with God? If so, you can change that today. Open your heart and mind to the precious gift of God's grace, love, mercy, and hope. Open yourself up to having that Aldersgate experience. Of course, this good news does not magically relieve us of all the many fears and anxieties which harass so many of us today. God's promise in Christ is not a miracle drug or a quick fix. It's not like looking at that mind eraser thing we see in the many black movies. But it does provide us a foundation from which to address all that makes us afraid. And so you say, well, Pastor Mark, what do I then do with all these fears and anxieties and worries that I still carry with me? What am I supposed to do with them? You bring those fears to the one with all authority. Don't do it right now, but later on, if you turn to our hymnal, page 577 is a hymn called God of Grace and God of Glory. Second verse has these words. It says, Lo, the hosts of evil round us, or that evil surrounds us. Scorn thy cries to sail his ways. That is, the world is rebuking Christ. From the fears that long have bound us, Free our hearts to faith and praise. Grant us wisdom. Grant us courage for the living of these days. 
for the living of these days. My friends, in the living of these days, our days, let us all bring anything that causes us fear, anxiety, worry, whatever it is that keeps you up at night. Bring that all to the one who can calm the storms in your life. Bring them to the only one truly worthy of fearing. Bring all of it to Jesus. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. I hope you enjoyed this week's podcast. Until next time, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn His face towards you and give you peace. God bless.